one of my new favorite people, country artist Shaylin. Hello. There are so many layers to you. Oh my God. Oh. Guy must really be crazy. Even in the womb, I think my mom was like, this one's a wild one. Trauma and pain. A lot of that. Yeah. I know I'm not that big, but like when I would see the episodes back, I would just cry. Like I got a booty now and I okay. like her. <laughs> yeah. My whole life has just been living in un like an uncomfortable state. I think that's how you have to evolve as a person. You know, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not changing. That's so true. You know, yes. Which yeah. I hate it, but I love it. Mm -hmm. I do. Welcome to this episode of Rooted Recovery Stories. I'm Patrick Custer, your host, and we are here talking with one of my new favorite people, um, <laughs> a ray of sunshine, Ooh. one of the biggest energies, <laughs> like I love so much, country artist, Shay Lynn. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's going to be great. I have to say, there we've already like we've dug in. We've dug in. We've dug and in. I'm like, dang, the camera should have been rolling. I know, and, but we have so much more to dig into, yes. and um, there are so many layers to you. Oh, there are. It's like a little onion. Mm -hmm. It's like you just keep peeling them yeah. back. <laughs> Normally, I like I, I'm like, okay, buckle up because I'm in the driver's seat and we're gonna go yeah. one by one. Yeah. But I kind of want to ask you, where? Where did your, where did your story start? Oh man. I mean, it really, like even in the womb, I think my mom was like, this one's a wild one. <laughs> I, uh, but it, I, when I was probably super, super little, um, I had no interest in walking, no interest in doing anything. I would just sit there and talk and sing and eat cookies. Like I loved cookies. Um, but I, my parents really thought something was wrong because I wouldn't walk. Like they were just huh. like, there's something wrong with her but I was just so content just sitting there like humming and I then like when I obviously when I got older I started to go to church I was so enthralled in choir I loved all of it and I was like I want to sing like I want to I want a chance to sing at the offering or something so I'll never forget Miss June Frank gave me my first solo during offering it was bringing in the sheaves and I sang and it was terrifying I was probably horrible but I just remember for that like couple minutes of looking at everybody and like seeing their faces whether I was good or bad um and I was like oh my gosh like this is the only place in my life so far that I've experienced that makes the most sense and I want to like instead of like talking, which now I love to talk to people, mm -hmm. but it was like my form of connecting with people mm -hmm. that I didn't, I think God at that point was like, this is your purpose. And I found, I was so blessed to have that so early yeah. because I feel like, I feel like I ignored it for a long time and I was still searching for like a purpose. Mm -hmm. But then every time I get on a stage singing, I was just like, oh, that's it. Like, that's what I'm supposed to do. I just don't know what that looks like. I think I was very, I mean, I remember even my dad one time, like I went to him at, in fact, we just talked about this on the phone the other night because his dog passed away. Mm. And uh, I, when I was six, I told him like, cause my dog had passed away. And I was like, I think it's just God's way of giving us like a preparation for when we lose humans. Mm. Like, and I was so emotionally in tune with things. So I remember like things that I would, I would watch or like even personal things of like, I want to do this. I want to be a veterinarian. And then I realized the dogs die. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to be a veterinarian. Mm -hmm. um, so I would, 
as far as like just questioning things or like I remember like I want to be a firefighter I want to be this and then at seven on stage I was like no I want to sing I want to 100% sing like that's what clicked for me Mm. as far as because I said I wanted to sing I said I wanted to be a veterinarian I said all these things but then when I actually stood on stage I was like oh that makes sense I think that makes sense for me is at on stage at seven that was god being like this is your purpose mm. and i would and i didn't even know at seven what that looked like but it was like right here and i was like oh i like that feeling because mm. i feel like that feeling is going to help me help people in whatever and like whether that was record executive whatever but it was somewhere in music mm-hmm. so i then like i dove in had my mom take me to everything you possibly could like guitar piano um i was in like an after school thing called septian entertainment group i would do their master classes um i tried out for star search like all of these different things my mom was such a like believer in me um i also tried a few things on the side volleyball never should touch one it should be illegal (laughs) so we learned and my parents are great as far as like uh you're not really great at that let's try something new they were never like oh you're great like a delusional thing my parents did not do that um so i was very thankful and when i really knew i was like i want to do this as a profession um i got into a pop group when i was super young we started as a christian pop group what's it called savvy okay i know wait what's the what's the def- meaning behind the name you know what to this it's like you're just like the cool kids you're you're fun you're savvy okay. like so it was it, it was so funny because we would tour all these churches and then like probably after i was like 14 we had a lady come in who created the proud family on disney channel oh, yeah love Doreen um but she met one of my group members and she was like oh my gosh I want to create a show around the five of you called the wannabe starring savvy so she went she wrote the pilot came back we shot the pilot in the fellowship of the woodlands fully independent and all of a sudden like I went back to Dallas at that point because I grew up in Chattanooga Mm -hmm. moved to Dallas when I was about seven and I was in school, living a normal life, about to go into high school, and we get a call, and they're like, the show got picked up, we're gonna move to Michigan for a year because the tax incentive at the time was so great to film. Wow. And we, there was like a full-on high school that was built brand new, but there was the- Talk about a geographic change. We, oh, uh, my, my first experience <laughs> of winter, I don't want it. I don't want it. Nashville is enough, but like Michigan, that's a different winter. I can't. That's I mean, a different yeah, winter. I've only heard it described. I can't imagine. I remember at 5 a.m. I was like walking out for the pickup call to go film. And I like I did. First of all, it was like probably negative couple degrees. And I like didn't see like a patch of black ice. And I fell. I just got the new iPhone and I fell on my no. back, shattered the iPhone in my pocket. It was that was a different core trauma first maybe oh my god (laughs) first core trauma yeah um so yeah we filmed for a year then we uh it got picked up by stars kids and family here and then it was super big overseas so we did like a south america tour came back like and this time i'm i'm like homeschooling all through high school so weird so weird life it is didn't weird entirely... i was a k through 12 homeschooler so See, but i was probably a lot weirder than you i'm done <laughs> i think i was blessed to have like a, a dose of like real school and uh-huh. then homeschool yeah. um but it was interesting because it was just like in a blink of an eye my life changed we come back all of a sudden our we get an offer from young money cash money at the time what? that was birdman slim wayne yeah. drake all of them it was our first record deal. I was turning 17 and um, 
we sign, we go out to LA, then they fly us to Paris to work with Red One, like we're doing this whole album. Everything's going amazing, about to do the third season and we get shelved. Like, and in the music industry, shelved is maybe the one of the worst things that can happen. So how is that communicated to you? Like, I want to take me through it wasn't, how, what? It wasn't, it was like, we had this single ready to go. We had all these things and then the budget ran out. And it was because it, we were like almost an experiment for their first pop side of things because okay. they were so um, successful at hip hop. Mm. So they spent an absurd amount of money on the front end and then on the back end to promote the songs, to go to radio, it was all gone. So all of a sudden it was like, we didn't hear from them. We like, the single was supposed to come out, paused, the video was shot, n no, nothing. And we, so all of a sudden my group and I were like, well, and we were traveling from Texas to LA at this point. Mm -hmm. And I was like 17 turning 18 and I was like, we gotta go out to LA, we gotta get there. And they were like, okay. So I pack up my bags, I have no money to my name. I get out there, I'm living in 230 square foot for $1,000 a month. I had no kitchen, no nothing, like uh, no parking spot even. I, uh, I get a Which job. That sucks in LA. I've never LA. lived there. I've only visited and I can only imagine for Let me tell you the I parking out there spot, for four days and I'm like, Ugh! get me out of here. Yeah. I don't know how I did 10 years there. I But not having a parking spot where you're living every going to lay in it your was head truly, every night. Truly hell. Uh. It was hell. So I like I just remember being out there. I was like, I must really be crazy because I might even my parents were like, that's are you tenacious. tenacious. I would like to say spunky. Yes. Yes. resilient yes <laughs> um and i so we're out there they are probably there for like six months we're like making videos at the time social media started to become more and more of a thing youtube all the things and um they my group was like shay like i think it's we've done 10 years together i, I think we're this is not changing like mm -hmm. they're not answering the calls i think we're shelved and i was like okay like what okay what's next let's go get another deal they're like i think we want to go back home and i was like what so these are my best friends, like, yeah. and I couldn't comprehend like taking music and putting it to the side and going to do like a normal life. Like I didn't, that wasn't an option for me. So they went back home, they live beautiful lives, they have families, love them. Um, I stayed, I had to sit in that label for a couple more years. So no one would work with me at that point because I was affiliated with that label. That label at the time was going through a lot of turmoil and I had to figure out, I like sat down and was like, I need to figure out how to write a song by myself. Mm. Because I knew I dabbled, but like we were so fortunate to get demos from like gotcha. the biggest writers yeah. at the time. Yeah. So I worked like five jobs. I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings. I was running people's social media, which I had no business doing because I <laughs> did not know, but I just finagled my way into it. Uh -huh. And I, uh, I start, I message every SoundCloud DJ and was just like, send me a track, send me a track. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times, most of them blocked me because I was so annoying. And then finally I had a few, I wrote to the tracks, put my first like feature out in the EDM world, thought I wanted to be an EDM artist. That was short-lived, but it did help me learn how to write a song. I then started to write my way into my first publishing deal. I have to interject. Yes. I feel like you could sing one banger of a dance track. Like I, I will say, I put it down on a dance track. There's a lot of vocals out there for me on dance okay. tracks. Like you can find them. I love it. Yeah, and I was a big rave girl. We went nice. through a rave period. <laughs> it I was, love that. it was interesting. I love that journey. You for know. You. I love it. 
<laughs> so that was an interesting journey. Yeah. But it did lead me into writing a song. I got my publishing deal and then was just writing all the time. Flew to Korea. I write a lot for K-pop artists, which oh, was sweet. a wild journey. And then in 2018, landed my second record deal with Universal Republic as a pop artist. And everything was great. Was just, I was I thought I was happy, but I was still chasing it. And I was like, hmm. All the singles like were just right there, but like never did anything like groundbreaking. Um, twenty twenty happens. Was about to go on tour, have a radio single. Things are finally there. And COVID happens, mm. and COVID at the time was what I thought was the worst thing. It ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. I got to take a break. I did not write one song that entire year. Wow. I took a break. I got into a relationship and stepped back and was like, who am I outside of music? I don't really have an identity. Like, what do I like to do? What are my hobbies? Um, so I really dove into that. And then I realized I wasn't even happy doing it anymore. Like it became, whether it was like the the social media, the character thing, and it becoming less and less about the music, uh -huh. the songs I were making felt like they were in such a confined box. Um, that I wanted to sing big vocals. And then I was told like, nobody cares about big vocals anymore. Like you need to be cool concepts, really edgy. I wore no clothes. My mother and I were constantly fighting with each other. I have to I have to add right there. Yeah. That drives me crazy because I love big vocals. And I love it them. drives me nuts. That's the only that thing I know how to do. All these great singers that have, that can blow it out they in chest voice. They that take it small. Because it's trying Somebody, to fit who into... who put you in a box? Who put you there? And most of the time, it is like a... And I get it. Listen, not every song needs a big vocal. Right. I totally get that. And I learned, which I think the beauty of learning how to write smaller helps me now, later mm. on in life. Because um, I, if I had the opportunity, I'd sing every vocal like... Ah! Right. Um, and I understand that the average person wants to digest maybe a, a chiller song or like... Uh -huh. So I've learned how to do it all, which I was very thankful for... But as far as like the songs I wanted to sing, that wasn't what I wanted to sing anymore. Yeah. Um, and I had a group of people around me that we'll just say weren't weren't the best. Um, and it came to the point of changing my hair so much, wearing no clothes, um, thinking about going to get like cosmetic surgery done so that my body would look different in order for my music to work. And I realized at that moment, I was sitting at a consultation in a plastic surgeon's office and I got up and left and I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Was this like overt suggestion for you or yes. was it? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not wow. by the label, but it was the universal was great. Yeah. There, I have nothing but like, they're some of the best people I've ever worked with were so supportive. But I get there's like, it's not just the label. There's there got so a whole machine of people that are yeah. behind putting yeah. you as an artist. There's together. a lot of moving so, parts. Yes. So yeah, and, it was suggested. Mm. Um, and I was sitting there and I was like, what am I doing? Like, and why am I dressed like this? And like, it was always like, let's dye your hair this color. Like you look too Southern, you look this. And I like, at the time I was like, yeah. And like my mom would call me, like I would have the F word in every one of my songs. And I was like becoming this person that I was so far removed from who I was. Cause I was so just like, I was so willing to do anything to make it work that I was like, I have to do this. I have mm -hmm. to do that. Um, and it came to 2020, like taking a step back from that and realizing like, I am a Southern girl. And I, I, I like to just, I love Southern hospitality. I love just like, um, like that's just who I am. Like, mm -hmm. so, I, and even at that time I dyed my hair brunette 
And I hated it. I absolutely hated it because I'm naturally brunette, but I hated it. And I was like, I am a blonde and I love to be just like mm. spunky. Mm. So I, at the time, so 2021 happens, I cross paths with my now manager, who's a wonderful person. Um, but he saw, he was like, all of your melodies you're putting in your songs are country. And he was like, you're just fitting them into like pop lyrics. He's like, you should really think about coming out with me to Nashville and doing a writing trip. And I was like, okay. So my current team was like, she can go out, but her artist career is done. Like she's, she's just going to write for people. She's a better writer. She, no one knows what to do with her. So she'll go out there and write for other people. Stop focusing on the artist thing. And he was like, I think you guys are making a mistake, but okay. If somebody walked up to me now and was like, we don't know what to do with you. I'd be like, that's great. Because now I know that I don't need to be with you. And like, I, I now know for me is like, once I, even I have had meetings now where it's like, like, I can't name names. I can't. I'm like, I'll just say that I've had meetings now where even I felt like, like it was like, I didn't beg to be in the meeting. I did. You asked me, but you're making me feel mm. like I'm not there yet or anything. And I'm just like, cool. Well, then you're not my person now. Like, I think even I've gotten better with this in relationships, even like in dating of just the second I'm like, what is this? Like, or if I can't ask you that and we can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And if you hit me back with, it's just not, not the right time. I'd be like, absolutely. Even just like my relationship that ended, I now looking back on it, I wish that when he was like, you need to get sober and do this on your own and we can get back together afterwards. Mm -hmm. I should have, the second he said that I'd have been like, you don't fit in my life. You don't mm -hmm. fit in the puzzle piece. So that's fine. Not everything is supposed to fit. Yeah. So I think if somebody said that to me now, I'd be like, cool. I'm like, I don't need you to tell me if I work or if I don't. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health. If you or a loved one are struggling with trauma, addiction, or mental health, we are ready to answer your questions and help you take that next step. Call our admission center at 888-648-4098 or visit us online at www promises.com our team is ready and waiting to answer the call for help i come out here um i pitch a few songs and this guy Ilya tashinsky hears the songs and i'm like so who what artist should we make these for and he's like i you're nuts he was like you gotta like you you gotta sing these and i was like but i can't <laughs> like i'm not allowed to so he was like let how about we do this i'll open up my rolodex set you up a week of writing with people here um, and see what you do and see if you perform. I was like, okay. So I come out um, 9 a.m. <laughs> with Seth Ennis, Phil Barton, and Lindsey Rhymes, which I have never done a 9 a.m. session in my life. L.A., you start at like 3 or 4. Mm. Um, and That's we early write, to be creative. It's so period. early. And I just yeah. landed from L.A. at like midnight. So I was like, I don't know how I'm going to write a song right now. But I was going through such a dark time um, and I was getting out of the relationship with the guy I thought I was marrying. Mm. And we, I get in the room and we make this song called What If I Don't. And it was my first song ever here. And I remember leaving the session that day, I sobbed my eyes out in the Uber because I was so happy again. Like I was like, I got to just sing a, the way I wanted to sing. I got to write something that I wanted to write. And I like, I had in the back of my head that was like, oh my God, but I have to give these songs away. Yeah. And I was like, there was just this little voice. And I was just like, no, you gotta like, you gotta put this out. And yeah. to me, that seemed absurd because that means asking my label to completely switch genres, to 
like in a market that I don't even I don't even know like how to get into it. I don't mm. know what like I grew up learning how to sing on country music. But to me, that looked wild as far as like I in my brain, it was only pop music. That was the only way it could work. Nashville right. wasn't even an option. Um, so I went back after that week. I wrote some of the best music of my life. And I went to my management was like, I'm switching. And they were just like, no, you're going to pitch the songs. I was like, no, I'm switching. And so we went to the label. We asked them to partner. They were like, yo, we wouldn't know a country song if it hit us upside the head. So we'll let you walk, which was a blessing because they didn't have to do that. Um, so they let me walk. And a couple months later, like I truly did not feel aligned with the team that I was with. Mm -hmm. um, and I then built up a courage after 10 years to ask like, hey, let's part ways. We parted ways. I teamed up with my current management, put out What If I Don't last year um, independently, and it changed my life within six months. Heck yeah. Like, I, it recently hit, what was it? Hot it, Country. Yeah, no, but the millions. Oh, 22 what? million. Yeah. Well, just on Spotify, and I was like, <laughs> like, I've never had a song maybe do over a million. Maybe. And that's probably all my mom listening a million mm. times. <laughs> like, I swear to God, my mom like is majority of my plays. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So then I moved out here last August and it's just been the, I, it was the scariest choice of my life. Cause I was just like, you gotta take the leap. Um, I didn't know anybody out here. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. It, and I know that like making the, the switch, like in my mind, I felt like I let, or like I was disappointed cause I was like, Oh, it didn't work in pop. Like, or, Oh, I'm not going to be welcome in this because I'm just like making a transition. And it's like, is she doing this just because right. a lot of people don't know I'm from Chattanooga. A lot of people don't know that I started doing country music when I was little. Um, so like to me, it was just going back to what I knew. Mm. But from the outside point of view, it, a lot, I got like a lot of hate for it for a second. And <clears throat> I was I was nervous about it. And then I think after releasing a bunch of songs, people were like, oh, OK, we get it. So mm. it's been a wild journey. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, so I love that to kind of bring things 360. One of my favorite songs that you wrote uh, <laughs> oh my God. called Roots. <gasps> Because the show is called Rooted Recovery Stories. Yeah. And, you know, there's a theme there, you know, like we're all we all are truly recovering, hopefully from something. Oh, um, yes. And uh, I'm just going to read the lyrics, because if you haven't heard it, first of all, you need to listen to it. But I love these lyrics here. My heart and my hair are both di both damaged. So I'll let them grow. Ain't scared of the fact that my true color is starting to show. Landed a thing with a man I know I loved. Because drinking and him were two things I had to give up. Yep. And the story behind that. I mean, like, you're, because you go on, on to talk about going back to your roots and what, like, everything from the song, right? The, the country, the, yeah. all of that, finding yourself again. Yeah. Um, what made that possible for you? My number one thing would have to be God. Yeah. Like, I, uh, I really took my, I took the ego out of all of it for, for once in my entire life. Cause I was so driven by ego as any artist usually sure. is. Um, and I, cause I was at the point where like last summer I was giving it up. Like that was after almost 17 years of my life, I was like, it's time to give it up. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like when I did come out here and it, what seemed freaking impossible to like, to move here, to find the money to move here, um, to find people to believe in me, to come in with nothing behind me. Like 
And I just remember just, like I said, this little voice in my head and sitting there and praying about it. And I was just like, I, this seems impossible, but it doesn't seem that impossible. So then when I wrote the songs and found that courage in me to just do it, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like I, anybody can do anything. Yeah, You really can. I think we like forget that part of things because we, Mm -hmm. we get so comfortable Um, or there's like a level of fear that goes with that, um, you know, but I, uh, my whole life has just been living in like an uncomfortable state. I think that's how you have to evolve as a person, you know, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not changing. That's so true. You know, yes, which I hate it, but I love it. Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah. Well, and if we can remind ourselves of that, um, it makes it. Oh God. Even in breakups, I'm like. You got to be uncomfortable. It sucks. Mm -hmm. But now looking back a year later, I'm like, girl, you were tripping for far too long. (laughs) Yes. Well, and I think in our society, there's so much of how we reinforce this theme of like um, instant gratification. We need to not feel bad. Like, you know, self. I think there's this theme of like self-care so you don't have to feel bad. Yeah. Because feeling bad is bad. Self-care is sometimes feeling bad right letting yourself feel bad exactly the the if we take that thirty thousand foot view it's like wait no part of the human experience is learning to ride the wave like there are waves stop fighting so many the feelings are what we're supposed to be feeling yeah feeling is healing yeah you know talking about feeling Mm. okay so we all have a story yes oh we all do through Mm. some of the failures fears successes that we've talked about with you comes trauma and pain a lot of that some of my biggest breaks in life weren't achieving anything it was removing myself from things that i had thought i had to stay in as far as leaving la thinking that that was a disappointment but really it was like the best thing to happen covid was like it's not a record deal but it was like it it gave me the opportunity to step back and realize that that I needed to do this for myself, that I needed to isolate myself and dig into like who I was outside of music. Mm -hmm. I think a big break was moving to Nashville, not knowing anybody and having to be uncomfortable. Um, And then also a big break was, what if I don't all of a sudden working? And like, I think it looks like different um, definitions. I don't think it always has to be an achievement. Right. I think sometimes it can be taking yourself out of a scenario that you thought you were too scared. It's one hell of a perspective because you're redefining yeah. what, right? Like there, it takes a lot to have that healthy of a perspective to say, um, a big break isn't just the, no. back to, it's not just the high highs, it's not the right? high highs. In fact, so. I feel like, I mean, yes, my record deals, all of these things were amazing, but I find the big breaks that were like, what I thought were actually awful yeah. were the, like, I think those are even cooler. Like I'm like a record deal. Yeah. Love it. It's fire. But I'm just like to have the guts to like pack up my bags after 10 years and just leave. Well, yeah. And you're talking about deep, meaningful transformation that was followed by action in every single one of these scenarios. So, I mean, I know people who spend tens of thousands of dollars to try and achieve something like that, to try and find meaning that gives them that much shift. Yeah. And you can't even pay for it. 
No, you can't. You can try. You can try. Yeah. And I, and a lot of these come from therapy that I pay for that sure. are like self and like yeah. an internal thing. But I will say as far as like life and like the what you think is like the riches and the fame and the wealth is really like when you take that next step to go internally and like just chip off one more thing about self-work. I think mm. that's that's the coolest. I want to go down memory lane with you mm-hmm. a little bit about some of that stuff. Yep. What happened and how you healed from it there's a lot yeah (laughs) there's a lot um i mean one of the earliest memories that i can think of is obviously developing an eating disorder super young Mm. um i was probably 16 at the time yeah and i was we were filming the show i developed a thyroid issue that i didn't know i had at the because it was i was so young um, which thyroid is very common, but I got the one where you gain weight and you get tired. Mm. And I had put on a significant amount of weight in the middle of filming. So on camera, anything looks way bigger mm-hmm. than just a, like in now looking back, like I also was just like going through like my baby phase and yeah. like you thin out later on. Um, but on camera, it didn't read that way. Mm. So I had gained some weight um, and I there was a person involved that just basically brought it so much to attention that we would have to, I would, they would put me in like clothes that were way bigger looking. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I don't, I, I know I'm not that big, but like on, on, when I would see the episodes back, I would just cry and she would sit there and she, like she would look at what I was eating. She's like, you sure you want to eat that? Um, and I'm, I'm sitting there like, I always, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a teenager. I usually eat what I want to eat. Um, or like I would work out so crazy or like they would be like, did you work out today? Um, and then it got to the point of like having to weigh in at fittings. And I thought that that was normal. And like they would, you'd come in and they'd be like, all right, girl, you get, you have to get on time to weigh. Yeah. And yeah, it was not great. Um, and I won't dive too much into it because I understand that there might have been a place of love there uh-huh. um, or something that was going on with them that maybe they were trying to help me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they, it was just a very bad way to do it for right. a young girl. Yeah. So I started to see myself like I just couldn't get the image out of my head of like how my body looked at that point in my mm-hmm. life. So now still to this day, I'm dealing with that years and years later, but I would go to the bathroom after I would eat, I would throw up, I would stop. I would just like pretend I ate and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And my mom even was like, like what's going on? When that um, switched for you mm-hmm. and you started acting out in those behaviors, mm-hmm. um, did it, was it like a overnight? Like, oh God. Cause I remember that like, cause no one had ever like, my mom was always so awesome with like, never once did I ever grow up like focused on what my body looked like. Mm. And that was not a driving thing for mm-hmm. me. Like she would like, you're, you're beautiful just the way you are. It's like, what's in here. Mm-hmm. So when that, I had never been focused or like led with, I have to look like this. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't even a thought in my brain. So to switch and then be so hyper-focused on it, it was, it was, I didn't realize how detrimental it was at the time. And I was trying to like, I didn't even say that it was an eating disorder. Cause I was like, no, like I know that people like there are way worse 
cases of mm-hmm. like eating disorders and like that's why i wouldn't call myself an alcoholic too because i wasn't the guy under the bridge you know and that's but it like there is a word for it yep. and you're just kind of like there's a few of those words in my life that even like in therapy like he's like you just got to say the word and yeah. i'm like but I don't see it like that because I, it's not as bad as some things. Um, and that, I think that's been kind of my whole life so that mm-hmm. I could just keep going and survive yeah. or like not be crippled by it. Um, but it was, it was definitely an eating disorder that I was like, well, the, the, the denial, like, I love it because I can relate so, yeah. so heavily the denial, like as you're describing the logic and rationale of the person you were in that point, yeah. like, so you wouldn't be crippled by it. Yes. So you thought in that moment, it's controlling the hell out of you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it literally, and to this day, even like I'll, I'll, I'll find myself where I have a splurge meal and it'll be literally the entire thought for the day of mm. like, Oh my God, you ate that and you didn't go to the gym today. Yeah. Oh my God, you did. And like, it's gotten better, but there were like, I still to this day. And like, even my sister sometimes like, she's like, you don't know how bad you're talking about yourself. Mm. She's like, you could be in a photo and like, instead of seeing a beautiful person, you're just like, Oh, I look old today. I look this. And she's like, just stop. She's mm-hmm. like, how exhausting is that? Cause it is, it's exhausting. I even like my, my boyfriend is always like, you, you are so mean to yourself. And I was like, I don't even realize I'm doing it because right. I think I do it. But be- like, in case I think anybody else is thinking it, I just say it before they can think it. Yeah. And I just that like, inner saboteur. It's is weird. Like, yes. And I don't even know I'm doing yeah. it until like I think about the day and how many times I've said it. And I'm like, that's sad. Mm. That's really sad. So <clears throat> what did you do to, you know, because clearly you've experienced some healing since then. Yeah. That one's a, that one's a tough one. It is a forever battle as far as like, I still eat my meals. I still like, now I found a healthy way to work out rather than making it an obsession to where Mm -hmm. it's not healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, because I would like, it would be the entire thought of my day of like, did I, did I eat this amount of calorie? Did I do this? Um, to where I couldn't even function properly. Like I'd be Mm. sitting there and I couldn't even think about other things. So I definitely am in therapy for it. Um, along with 10,000 other things, aren't we all? Yeah. Uh, but I try to practice the one thing that I have done over this last two years and it is so uncomfortable, but I will stand in front of the mirror, no clothes on for five minutes. And I will just look at myself. The first time I ever did it, I just sobbed. I just sobbed over and over and over. I looked at like every little thing that was wrong with me. And then now I've gotten to the point where like, if I'm bloated one day, if I'm this, I'm just like, that's your body. She's getting you from point A to point B. Mm. And she, you're not sick. You could have like some, like something so much worse going on. Your brain works. You're able to perform your job and you're bloated today. Cool. Like you're yeah. a female. Yeah. You're like females. Like we are, and like our, our, the, like, estrogen and all these things are like you could have had not enough water or too much water or like you just it's your body and it's like you have to love it for exactly where it is at that day Mm. and it is so much easier said than done right so much easier said than done but that's something that i have i remember like hearing a podcast of somebody doing that and i was like i'm gonna try that and i was like i hate it like i hate it i couldn't even like i remember three days i was like no i'm not doing it today i hated that and then i finally like got the courage to do it again and now i like stand there and i'm like cool this is where you're at today and then there's some days i'm like you look good today you look great i also love that like you don't put yourself in parameters of this is what you have to do when doing that no because because i think everybody has a different way of having to go through that i think most females in this era of life especially with social media you are 
absolutely triggered or have some form of body dysmorphia you have at one point gone through an eating thing like yep. everyone has it you like it's crazy if you i mean it's not crazy but i'm saying like it is to see bodies that are edited online every day yep. and thinking like and even seeing the body positive ones you're still like oh, I, I don't feel good and like i think every every male every female they deal with it mm -hmm. and it's just like you i don't think you just have to see it as like a thing of life now and you have to like what can i do to feel better like most of the time i mute the, like i just follow like really healthy eating pages that are like something that i would like to eat without starving myself i follow good workouts that work for me mm -hmm. um because i'm not a big pilates girl but pilates kills it for some people they mm -hmm. love pilates mm -hmm. i love my f45 like what's f45 oh my god i it's like um it's like basically more muscle training than anything Ooh. which i was like i love that cardio is everything cardio makes you lose weight and in reality cardio wasn't working for me because right. i used to do orange theory which i also love uh -huh. but it was so heavy cardio that i was i i always thought if you build muscle you're gonna look bulky no i was like i got a booty now and i okay. like her <laughs> <laughs> so i've just learned what works for me yeah. and those are like i follow some people but I, maybe i have to mute them for that week because mm. it's like i can't i can't see you in a swimsuit today yeah i'm like you look hot but i just for me i can't mm. so i just try to find boundaries that active insight and and conversation with yourself yeah about what like regularly saying like yeah. this is this is good for me today this is not good for yeah. me today because it changes it does like every i wake day. up every day and, i mean just like you put on an outfit and you're like this looked good on me yesterday but and it today doesn't I feel today 500 pounds oh my god and i mean it's like forever changing but that's being human mm -hmm. i think being human you just realize like today i woke up and i like or there's days that i wake up and i'm like you don't feel great today cool Yep. write it but don't live in it yeah and just and i also have a journal where i write five things down that i'm super grateful for hmm. five things that maybe i could have done differently and then at the end of the day i in fact one of my friends katie recently was like try your gratitude also at the end of the day mm -hmm. and i was like that's really smart i always mm -hmm. do it when i wake up mm -hmm. but i sit there i scroll through like my just little like having coffee with my friend or like something so little but you sit there and you're like oh wow like it was a good day yeah even though it didn't feel great it was a good day you know? Do you remember your gratitude from yesterday? My gratitude from yesterday was I got to go to a Halloween party. Nice. Um, Wait, what was your costume? I, I waited till such last minute. I'm appalled with myself. I went as a cat nice the most basic thing wait, in the book all i can think about is wait it was at mean girls was it a cat or no she was a mouse, she was a, mouse. a mouse well i was close you cat know what mouse. i might as well have, i like my tail that i got it was like limp it, it was not good it was oh, not gosh. good and then the fishnets i thought were full fishnets only came up to here so my whole butt was hanging out so i had to wear a different skirt oh, it no. was a whole fiasco <laughs> but i was excited because i love halloween yeah so, so you had fun halloween and that's board. the point i did yes and i had a macaroni um bite which i love so oh. i had one of those and oh, i was grateful nice. for it um i wrote a really good song that day um and i got to work out i got to wake up and do my workout and then what else happened yesterday um oh and i had a great call with my manager nice yeah just little things had a great call with my mom and I like, and then I thought, I'm like, I have a mom. I have a dad. Yes. That's cool. You so, know? So grateful you know? for when you, that you still have a parent. Oh my God. You get to call. And oh my God. I, relationship. I'm so thankful for that. Cause they're the, and Peggy Sue is a lover. Do they still live in Chattanooga? My mom lives in Dallas. Dad is in Houston. One of my brothers okay. is in Chattanooga. Okay. Yep. And I'm grateful for him cause he's watching my dog while I go to LA next week. Nice. So that saves me from a, a very extreme 
uh, babysitting bill. So it's like, that's another thing I'm grateful for. Pet babysitters and kenneling here in Nashville. It's probably everywhere, but it ain't cheap here. I mean, I was doing like, even to just do a side hustle for a second, I was doing Rover and I would oh, yeah. make, I would watch people's dogs and I was making so much money from it. And I was like, wow, this is, I bet this is I, because I'm one of those people. I'm like, I will pay you every penny in my bank account to watch my child. He's my, I mean, oh, I have him tattooed same. on me. Okay. He, Speaking of, you've got tattoos. I do. I love asking people. I just got my first tattoo. <gasps> What'd you get? It's, <laughs> it's so simple. I told, as I told you, I'm in recovery. Okay. So, um, I, it's just, it's on my calf. It's a triangle, which is the yep. symbol for that recovery. That is the symbol. You know? Yeah. So, um, I'm kind of, I'm basic in a lot of ways. No, and you're super not. Extra no, in a lot, not. in a lot of other ways. I'm so extra and, so, and basic. I was a cat. Yeah, yeah. There we are. <laughs> okay, so um, so now I'm like I don't know. I didn't usually care before, but now I'm no. When you're in the tattoo game, I I want to know everything about. All right, so tell the, the tattoos that you want to share about. Tell me about them. So obviously, my dog is like my favorite. Yep. Um, my hummingbird that I recently got is a big symbol for me because whether I'm crazy or not, I just I in monumental moments of my life that what of like if i need a sign that i'm on the right path i swear to you every time a hummingbird pops up mm. and you could call me cuckoo for that but even with the day i was leaving la like i was telling the movers like when they walked in i was sobbing like to the point of like i was like it was like it was a very ugly cry and he's like do you need a minute i was like no it's fine like i after 10 years i was like i felt like i failed i was like am i is this absurd that i'm packing up and moving like yeah. at the midst of like the end of my 20s and like i was like and i'm restarting somewhere and restarting my career and rebranding i was like is this a like is this actually nuts mm -hmm. and then i look up the crazy thing about hummingbirds are that they remember everywhere in their lifetime where they've eaten and they always if they're about to starve they know exactly where to go back to wild what wild crazy i can't remember what i had for breakfast i can't either i can't even <laughs> know i don't even the only thing i remember yesterday is a mac and cheese bite right like that's the only food i remember so they remember so that they can survive wow there in la in north hollywood i had a balcony i was the only it was the i was the first person to ever live at this apartment because it was new and I had nothing on my balcony, no food, no nothing. And I look up and there's a hummingbird just sitting there. So there's no reason why they would have even been there. I'd never oh. seen a hummingbird in my life on that balcony. And I lived there for a year. And I just look up in the midst of like questioning everything and there's a hummingbird. Mm. I was like, well, shit. <laughs> so I the hummingbird's that. a big one for me. And then this one is very big for me because it says temporary feelings which is to remind you that everything is temporary because mm. I hit a very, um, very low point in 2019 where in the easiest way to say it, I don't know if I would have been here anymore mm. um, because I had hit rock bottom so hard that I was like, I maybe people are better off without me in their life. And that was, that's where I got to. Wow. And crazy scenario happened um, before that situation and I just remember sitting there it was weird that's why the dog is also tatted on my arm is because I won't get into it too much but every there wasn't a reason why he should have showed up in the bathroom mm. it was just not um and like I said call me crazy call me cuckoo but then I look up and the dog is sitting there and I'm like that's weird. That's because like I don't really and like I've had the dog for 12 years mm -hmm. and like it we have we have lived out of a car together. We have done yeah. like this guy is my ride or die. And I just remember I was like, 
Well, if there was a reason to stay, I'm going to guess that <laughs> you you need fed um, and I don't want to leave you alone. And I think you might be really sad, not to mention my mom and dad would kill me. Um, and I just I took a second and I just remember I was like, my God, all of this is temporary. Mm. I'm not going to feel like this forever. Mm. I think as humans, we forget that we're not going to feel like this for forever. Yeah. And it is a the weird. The good and the bad. Oh, my God. I mean, I wish I could hold. I, in fact, I get. I've gotten much better now about even if it's writing down like an incredible day or taking, I do these little video diaries for myself, mm. but I'm like, this was awesome today. And I, sometimes I go back and revisit those videos to remind myself like, you're in a down right now, but you're gonna have another great run. You know? I love that. Yeah, I do I've little. I've never heard anybody say that they do that. I and... do, uh, like especially like from, sh I'll be in hotel rooms by myself and I will like, after a show, I'm like, oh my God, this person said this today about my song or like, mm. I got to feel like invincible on stage and I just have to go back and rewatch those when I think that my career is ending and no one likes my music anymore. I'm just like, wait, that was really cool and it'll happen again. Do you, does one stick out to you that you've done that really made a, made a huge impact when you went back and watched it? You know what? There is one. I was just in Kentucky, um, because last week I was feeling like the world was ending. I truly like, I was just, life was having its way with me that week. Um, and I also felt like it's really rough because music is amazing and the career path is amazing, but the highs are so high mm -hmm. that the, the normals feel very low, which they're not a low. It's just, you're mm -hmm. living in the normal, um, which I have to remind myself. And I think that's any career or life thing. It's like, it's not mm -hmm. a low, mm -hmm. uh, there are lows, but I, I, it's, I'm, we talked about this, like I'm so extreme that if it's not always high, then I feel like it's, mm -hmm. it's going to end tomorrow yeah. or it's taken away from me tomorrow. And I remember going back to watch this video of like this girl that had said at the Kentucky show, she'd walked up and she was, first of all, it's weird to me that I even go to a show now and anybody's singing What If I Don't with me? Cause I'm like, that's just weird. Um, Cause I can't comprehend that people are like even, it hasn't registered yet. So she like was in the front row cause I was opening for somebody and she was screaming every lyric, she was crying and she like walks up to me and she's sobbing and she's like, I, I know you wrote it about a guy. And she was like, but I, my best friend, we, we had like an awful argument. We're not friends anymore. And like, what if I don't, it's like my breakup song with her and like, and her boyfriend's standing there and she's like, you've been my therapy and your song has mm. been my therapy for the last couple months. And she's like, and I just, I literally drove two hours to come see you. And I was like, what? Like. And that, and then I had another person in that same show that was, they came up and they were all like, they were crying, which was so weird to me. Cause I was just like, this is weird. Cause I, I, I was crying on stage performing it. Cause I typically, when I get to what if I don't, I start crying. Cause I, I start to look at the audience and think like, I never thought I was gonna be able to do yeah, this again. Yeah. And they came up and they were like, you don't understand my husband died. And I felt like I was cheating on him if I ever moved on. Mm. So the what if I do, what if I don't? And I didn't even think of like how that would res, I was just like, I felt like I'd lost somebody like a death in real life, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't even ever think like that, that translate to actual like moving on and losing somebody, like actually losing somebody right. and like feeling like you're cheating on them. Like, and to me, so I, I remember making a video diary of those two things and I was like, wow like even even if all of this stopped tomorrow and I like those two people like that's how they felt out of like my diary yeah then my job here is done mm. you know 
goals when I when I think about like just like follow when you are a human being on this earth and you you really have identified your uh, passion mission and vision as a as a human yeah when you get those god nuggets yeah. of like validation yeah that you're doing yeah what you're meant to do yeah it's that like that's and it brings me all the way back to that moment of doing that my first solo at church mm. and remembering that feeling is the same feeling I feel 20 something years later mm. and it's just it's a wild like I think like all humans your purpose is to help each other I think that's the only reason we're here mm. so I think like love thy neighbor you know mm. and that's I think like I think you for especially being a music artist because you become so egotistical you become so narcissistic it, like it just comes with the job like I every day I'm like I'm driven by ego but then I take a step back and I'm like this has nothing to do with me mm. absolutely nothing to do with me in fact this isn't even my like I didn't somebody gave me this yeah. this is not mine I feel like you've got it's it, there there's a lot of tempering of like because you talk about ego duh it's I mean anybody who sits Everybody in front of a camera it. or in front of a microphone ever the has selfie got, generation has hello. made us all egotistical yeah. um but I think that you've got a lot of tempering of all that a healthy dose of it and um a lot of like I hear, I hear these like nuggets of wisdom that come out from you I'm, I'm curious you know in your career what has been that just comes to mind to you right now one of the best pieces of advice advice that someone has given you oh god Oh, this one's rough because I like I've been given so many things. Um, I mean, I think it I think I'll touch back on the highs and lows are not being like it's like the highest highs. My manager, in fact, I think it's his girlfriend that said it that related to me. But it's like we have to separate normal and low. Mm -hmm. Um because he was like, yes, there's highs, but when you go back to your normal life, you get off of a stage and you're doing sessions every day. That's not a low, it's just normal. Yeah. I think when like, when you go on a vacation with your family, you're so high and then it feels low when you come back, but it's just, you're just back to normal. That's like right. there are lows in life when you lose somebody, when something really bad happens, mm -hmm. but you just, it's like finding the balance of like low and normal. There's also, God, there's one that I, and I cannot for the life of me think of it right now, but there's one that somebody said one time about getting up on a stage when you're, and like, just like, I know it sounds cliche, but leaving it all on the stage. And even if it's like one person that night that like you look in the eyes and you connect with them and you walk away, like at least it was just one. Mm. Like it doesn't have to be hundreds, Yeah. but it's like for that to start with one, start with one person that like, if one song doesn't do anything, like, it, maybe one person heard it and it changed their well, life. And I th like, that's such good advice for even just like everyday person, for everyday person. Yeah. Um, because when I'm following my heart, my yeah. calling, whatever it is, um, being a good person, taking care of myself so that I can be a good person for, for others. others. It, you know, if I can think about the one person that I may or may not have like affected positively yeah. that day. Yeah. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Did yeah. I smile at somebody and maybe they needed that? Yeah. Maybe. Mm. So yeah, I like so good. just start with one. Love that. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, I want to know who's your dream. Like if you had to pick right now, who would you absolutely love to collaborate with on a song? This one always gets me too. Cause I have like mm. 10 of them. Um, at this current situation. Yeah. You're walking right down the street and you're going to go record right now. 
We're on Music Row, by the way, people. In I mean, it's not it's not crazy to walk by somebody. Um, oh, Lord Jesus. I always this one is rough. I mean, if Adele was Adele or Shania oh, Twain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Adele, I oh, would, darling. I would oh, she'd be like. I'd poo my pants. Yeah. Or um, Aerosmith. Nice. Yeah. Those are very diverse. Very diverse. <laughs> very diverse. Love it. Or Carrie Underwood. Yeah. I love Carrie. Me too. I want her legs. She's got some. I was at a show one time and like my legs are my biggest thing that I try to like build better. Somebody's like, you have Carrie's legs. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I don't. But I feel like you. every female is like, I that's the Carrie's goat. Leg. Carrie legs. Her legs. Yeah. Those are legs I've never seen. Right. They're just incredible legs. Yeah. Incredible. She. Wait, am I going to say this or am I not going to say it? I know for a fact you that she does get her legs spray tanned in a way that accentuates her oh everybody does lines. everybody i used to get my abs spray tanned oh okay oh 100 cool. that's like a thing thing see i didn't know that was a thing oh i, I get my like, arm muscle like you better believe a photo shoot i'm like these little things back here are starting to have their their heyday i'm like what your is triceps this? oh nice. my god no oh. not in a good way oh. i'm like starting to see when you don't work them out what happens oh. i'm like there's a little bat wing back what there. is it oh there's this australian show that i love they call them the fudubidas Fudubidas. Yeah. Your fudubidas are. That, see, that's what I. They are fudubing today. Like, I was like, why do you think I'm in long sleeves? I was like, what is this Girl, next level? You look lovely. Thank you. And so we're going to be nice to your body. We are. And yes. see, that was the thing where I was like, when I woke up and I was like, we got these little things back there. But I was like, you know what? That's all right. If we take flight today with these things, fly and Where are we going? Fly and hop. Yeah. There <laughs> we go. There. Um,. I love that answer. Okay, so but on the topic of collab collaborating, you just did a collab with John uh, Wilkin. John Austin Winkler. Winkler. Yep. Yes. Um, he. God, that's a story. And it's also a song. For those of you who don't know, "Lips of an Angel." I mean, is what y'all. It was a remake. Yes. And uh, is that the word that you, you used? Technically, yeah, because okay. it's a remake of his original. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's beautiful. Thank Love you. it. Yeah. I mean, thank it's you. a great song. A lot of people are very attached to it. How many years ago was did that come out? Eighteen. God. Yeah, it made me feel wow. really old. <laughs> really old. Um, so, what's the story behind that happening? That was crazy because so. Last year, around December, all of these people started, you know, TikTok, the app is crazy. We mm. don't know why certain songs resurge when they do, but they do. So a lot of people like started to do these um, responses to the second verse on that song, like, and they would upload their thing and it would just be like the girl version, the guy version, mm. like, and it became a trend for a second. And so it resurfaced and Austin saw it, his team saw it and they're like, well, let's put it out again. Um, he's no longer with Hinder, so he and he wrote the song with uh -huh. Brian House. Um, so he was looking for he got the idea then to be like, Well, why not release the girl version with me on it? So my day to day knows Brian very well. And Brian was like, We're looking for a girl to demo the vocal, um, because we want to do like maybe a Carrie Underwood, Gabby Barrett, somebody, yeah, um, to feature with Austin. And it's such an iconic song that, of course, like uh -huh. that's not far out. So I was supposed to demo the vocal and Austin flew in because he lives in Oklahoma and we cut it at RCA, iconic studios. And he was like, I, I want you to stay on it. Like, I love your voice. Mm. And I was like, what? 
what do you mean? Like, this is, this is my childhood. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I would be honored, but are you sure? Like, I literally was like, are you sure? Um, so yeah, we cut it, we filmed the video for it and then we put it out, which I don't, I, in my brain, I was, cause it's his song and I was just so honored to be on it. I don't really, I didn't register how cool that was Mm -hmm. up until like, even like shows, I was bringing him out for a few of my shows and it's so funny because at first people are like, okay, they're doing a cover. And then they realize he's the singer and mm-hmm. they lose it. Like, I'll never forget, like in Kentucky, I watched like when he first starts singing and somebody's like, oh my God, it's really him. Like, you just like don't yeah. even realize that it's him. And so that was really cool because a lot of people are like, oh, you guys are just doing a cover. And I'm like, kind of, yeah, but it's the original singer. And they're like, wait, what? So that was that was an epic moment for me to do the video, to reimagine it, um, and just get that opportunity it was really, really dope. Absolutely. Really dope. And I like he is like his story is nuts. Yeah. I mean, he's been sober four, six years now. What? Yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah. And I think it's I mean, I, I don't can't, know. I try if and keep to, a database in my head of yeah, all the um, His story was nuts. Um, and he is just such a beautiful person mm. because you think like the rock star, like the rough around the edges and he's just such a kind human, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and he's, it was so funny. Cause when I was initially sober for the first six months of this year and like, he was now I've like, I've healthily brought drinking back into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like, you still sober girl? And he was like, do you, do you need help? Do you know? Like, he was so nice about it. He was like. He's like, if you need anybody to call and talk to, like, it was, I was just like, that's so nice of you. Yeah. Because you didn't have to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, he's great. I loved awesome. that. Yeah. That is really awesome. Yeah, yeah. I did not know that about him. Yeah. I love finding out when. <laughs> he His story's nuts. Yeah. I'm going to have to. I'm you gonna, have to have him on here. Yeah. He's incredible. Yes. And he's just so nice. Most definitely. Oh, my gosh. This has been everything I hoped. Um, so, so, so fun. And so, um Gosh, there's so much to you. And I know we don't, we've probably only gotten to like <laughs> scratch the surface. I won't scare people too much today. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, maybe we'll have a part two one day. I love that. Um, but I do want to ask uh, because, you know, with all of us, like we've all been through, like our lives are absolutely different. Every single one of us, our traumas are different. Yep. What we've been through, how we've been through, what we've been through, even though it might like you and I can relate on a lot of the things yes, we've we struggled with. Um the the way we, the ways we've healed and the decisions we've made along the way look different and so i think one of the things about the 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 power of why we do this why we talk about why i want to hear your story and want to use this platform to share it is because that person out there even if it's just the one just the one just the start one, with one right uh that has said good god i relate yeah what what encouragement would you like to leave with them today i think the one and i'm always reminded on like on my hand of just like everything is temporary Mm -hmm. and whatever you're going through at that point whether it seems like there is literally no light at the end of the tunnel like you have to know that there i think as humans it's just a program thing in our brain we forget it like whether it's the breakup that you think you are never going to get over whether it is losing somebody whether you are financially just in like you just don't think that there's any way of coming out of it whatever that looks like it is temporary it might suck for a second um but i think to just hold on to the feeling of just remembering that there will be another high Mm. there will be another medium or normal like Mm. 
but it's if I could just and I I just always in fact it's I, there's more to the password but almost all of my passwords for things are temporary feelings there's there's more to those passwords so don't try and hack anything but um no, that's, that's good because it's a constant reminder. It's literally a constant mm, reminder. I love that. You put a lot of meaning into different things that I never thought about putting meaning I, because into. Because it's like and, an everyday thing of mm, like, if I, I have to get into these apps every day. So yep. then like, if I feel shitty about myself while scrolling, I'm like, it's temporary. And I was just reminded by logging in. Mm. <laughs> it's just little nuggets everywhere. Like I try to like, because I didn't do that for 10 years of my life. Yeah. And I remember, um, I mean, I don't even know. And that's, that's why I know that phrase for me is so important is I don't know how I made it out of LA. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, uh, that story on a part two comes with much deeper things, yeah. um, much heavier things. And I think I was so far detached from myself that I didn't think like, how could anybody love me after burning this many bridges or doing like becoming this lame of a human or, and in reality, it's just like somebody in reality, you were saying, I'm not worthy of loving myself. 100%. So I became a version that didn't expect that. Mm. And I, I think that a, a one other solid thing is like there's versions to everybody. And you probably like if people talk about me years later, that's like she's awful. I'm like, yeah, that version was. I, But I love her now. She's yeah. part of who I became today. And you meet versions of people that are like I try to give everybody three chances when I meet them. Like if, if I meet somebody and they're like kind of uh, mean to me at first, yeah. I'm like, Maybe their dog just died. Yeah. Maybe they're having a really bad day. So I give you till the third chance. If you're still mean to me, I'm like, okay, that's a you thing. And like, I tried, right. but I try to just like have compassion. Cause I think like everyone's going through something and everyone is having to look at the state of the world right now. And like, and that even in itself is hard to carry mm -hmm. to feel like you can't do anything about it. Yeah. So I just, like I said, everything's temporary. That's Be a true. good person. Do good. I, I just want to hone in on the, th the thing you just said, because, um, that's, that's, that's really good. And I'm going to take, I'm going to take so many things away from this. I feel like I should have been taking notes. Good gosh. <laughs> um, but that, that not holding people to the version of themselves oh. that they were when you're, that you're attaching whatever yep. issue in the past that is not resolved or no. whatever. And, um, because that's bondage. That's, they're not, they're not in the bondage of it. No, I am. Yeah. And it's like, that. and I can't, there are people that I knew in phases of my life that I'm like, if they're anything like me, they have died 10 times since that person. Mm. And I have to let it go and mm -hmm. forgive them. Like you can't like, because humans, I mean, yesterday was different than today. Like, yep. and you would hope to change for the better. Yeah. But I think also being young, like you're going to do so many stupid things. Mm -hmm. And even as an adult, like my parents and like. It's not just a young it's thing. It's not a young it thing. It is not just a even young thing. Even watching my parents and like their divorce and stuff. And <laughs> yeah. like I've, young me was like so angry. And now being older, I'm like, yo, you guys are human. Uh-huh. Like, and sometimes people do like things happen and people don't stay together or like. Or if somebody makes a dumb choice and you're like, you're just a human. My parents all the time who are 80 say they're like, we're just 22 year olds with lots more wrinkles. I feel that. <laughs> I do. I started to, I was like, what are these things over here? Girl. It's wisdom. Uh, yes. I swear it's yep. wisdom. <laughs> it's just so much to carry. Mm. <laughs> so much to carry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Precious angel. Um, for being who you are, for sharing your healing, your struggle, all of it. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for doing this. Absolutely. This is, this is helping a lot of people. Amen. Amen, honey. With that, I'm going to remind each and every one of you that it is never too late to start loving yourself. And you're only ever one decision away from a completely different life. 
This podcast is brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health. If you or a loved one are struggling with trauma, addiction, or mental health, we are ready to answer your questions and help you take that next step. Call our admission center at 888-648-4098 or visit us online at www.promises.com. Our team is ready and waiting to answer the call for help.